Welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. I'm joined today by Fiago, the man with the biggest private league on So Rare, the piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he beat me in the race. We were just saying about it off air. And Fiago, I'm very hungover. Yeah. Still. Thanks for yeah. the invite, mate. Last minute I did beat you, but now I hope you can have a good chat still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the two two biggest leagues, we'll say that. Two biggest leagues. Yeah, the top, the the top two. Leagues. How are you doing in your league? Oh, do I even want to talk about it? Let me actually just check. I think I'm bang average. Yeah. You're probably way better than me. I am currently... Well, how many people do you have in? 26,000 or something? What have I got? And I closed my entries um, okay. on the start of it. I don't know if you did, but yeah. of 23,663... Oh, okay. okay, then I I, have... I've got 20, 27,000 oh, wow. and I'm 3,500, which is like... Wow. Not pretty good considering there are probably many newcomers in the league who haven't mm. never played Sora. <laughs> I I want to get at least top 1000 to not get absolutely embarrassed. How what place are you? I'm sitting in your league and 366. Oof, that's good, man. Yeah, be that's some like fun 10 to win your league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's it's going well, but you um you obviously you had a great sort of campaign running um getting people signing up for the Global Cup. I suppose you've you know you've you've the biggest league there twenty seven thousand people or something it's absolutely insane. How have you found right. I suppose the whole global cup thing the last maybe month six weeks on so rare? Are you getting inundated with beginner questions or how's it all going? Um, I was actually very like it. It didn't. It come came very surprising to me. I think they launched it pretty pretty late, like like a week before the World Cup started or something. Okay. But I think I love it. I absolutely love it, and I think it's been great for so rare onboarding as well. Um. The way that you can, like, obviously the prizes are crazy for beginners as well. It's pretty simple there. And uh, the, the the question that I'm asking myself is just simply, like, how will these people, this, like, I don't know how many new people are there just because of the Global Cup, but how will Sora be getting those engaged into the actual game after the World Cup? I think that's going to be key for, yeah. for growth of the platform. I'm not sure what you think about this. There's going to be, yeah. like, that's a big task, but that's, a, like, the key task for them. Can't, it would be a huge loss to like I don't know a hundred thousand new people at minimum. I, I think well there was what five hundred thousand people in the league overall, and then you have to imagine a hundred hundred and fifty. How many of them would have already had an account? I don't know. There uh -huh. has to be a couple of hundred thousand who signed up. There has to be more yeah. than that, maybe two fifty three hundred thousand yeah. who signed up just for the global cup. Yeah, probably, probably a lot of people, and um, that's a huge number, man. If sorry, I can I somehow find a way to to get them really engaged in the in the in the actual play in the leagues as well uh that's going to be massive and i think that's also like kind of what they're trying to do while with the new changes that they just announced today i think it kind of fits together what do you think about that well we're going to get onto it the thresholds so there's, there's basically thresholds across all the different card scarcities now they're they're taking out the specialists the underdogs are throwing in this new 240 cap mode we'll get into the nitty-gritty of all that but that's on the 30th of January, I believe, that comes in. But I think the immediate task for So Rare, where it gets very interesting, is this Christmas. So, essentially, what we're going to have is the World Cup finishing on the 18th of December. And the large risk for So Rare is that people who've just signed up view this as like a, a one-off World Cup game. Oh, I've just signed up for the World Cup, the Global Cup. I've just played mm -hmm. that thing. Um, a lot of people will already have not like ran away and haven't looked at their team since they said it at the start. Um, so there'll be a lot of ghost teams already but once we get to the end it's about how do you keep those people engaged for the next week or two until football resumes and even then how do you teach them and show them the ropes and why they should play you know going from chasing the Zinedine Zidane and the, the signed shirts and this and that to going to 
the academy to try and win i don't even know what they win there more commons or tier three limiteds and stuff like it's a bit of a different game and it's a bit more for the diehards whenever we're looking at the end of the end of the month i don't know what football's back i know the premier league will be back on on stevens day in ireland it's called stevens day boxing day to the rest of you um but we don't have the premier league so there's going to be no so5 there so then we're looking at okay well what leagues are there and who actually is playing and how can you actually engage these people towards the end of december early january i don't know i don't know but it it's something they kind of need to do you know that yeah it's a hard it's hard timing yeah it's exactly if it was like in the middle of the season now it would be way easier uh, mm. but um there's is that a turkish league i don't know i don't even know what leagues are currently spanish second division is was playing throughout the world cup i don't know if it's still there but it's not really the leagues that catch the mainstream attention is yeah. it premier league obviously but it's not really a lot of premier league plays um they have to do something with the academy with the commons because i think correct me if i'm wrong but those those common cards that we pick no we can't use them as general commons after that can we so the common cards you picked you will get to keep um but they will be converted to their club version now how that will work is if you have a Lionel messi you will get a messi psg common if you have oh, you do get that yeah okay then i was wrong but that's actually very overpowered yeah so now even like when i'm picking my like five credit or seven credit guys that I, i'm not going to play to normally be to buy better i'm trying to pick guys that might be useful oh really do you know what i mean but i think but the problem is if there's a player let's say harry kane who they don't have the spurs license for yet the mm -hmm. whenever the time comes um they will transfer that harry kane england card that's a common you will lose it but you will get a common card of a similar ability that is licensed okay. so you might get an mbappe or you might get a messi yeah. or you know so the the commons people will have very good common card galleries okay after this if they do wish to play then that's probably like the gateway or the the, yeah. the bridge for people currently just playing the global cup to people getting into the the actual game because they get this kind of boost well everyone will have good comments then i don't know how it will be even in the in the and casual and stuff but yeah. they have to you make this uh the the way to get people engaged into first common and then yeah the academy probably not sure how they're going to do it they also said um i don't know how if that's going to be immediately or or just in a few months they're going to add more real life experiences mm. so possibly similar stuff to the to the zidane thing maybe not as crazy always uh but that could be a good way to catch people's attention again like every month maybe a real life experience uh, as, as a big prize because it's probably more uh, attractive to people who don't have anything to do with so rare or at yeah. first than just saying yeah, you, you can win that that e thresholds or that rare card yeah these real life experience i think they, those are key to generate mm, uh, interest from mainstream football fans yeah i completely agree i think it'll be very interesting to see how they transition from the world cup private leagues which have been relatively successful i'd say uh, very successful you could say um how they'll transition from that into private leagues for clubs and for like just general gameplay and i also think it becomes very interesting from and how they implement it in terms of private leagues for the the normal game so just normal so rare throughout the season and will they all be like one-off le leagues for a week or do you set a term do you set like a six-week league a 12-week league a season-long league and how does that work and how do prizes work It'll probably be obviously up to the individuals who own the private mm -hmm. leagues to sort that. I don't think so we'll get involved. But my point is, it's like, it'd be a interesting transition 
in the private league sort of and how it actually goes like because i think at the minute everyone set up these private leagues for the global cup and everyone just enters as many of them as they can and you're just kind of hoping you win something but i don't know how many people really went to the effort of making little leagues with their friends maybe a lot but i just wonder how that looks come january you know because it's one thing me or you a creator in the space kind of putting up a big prize and saying this is my league come and join as opposed to people actually like socializing with it and that really becoming like part yeah. of the fabric part of the game so I just think there's there's a lot of change coming, um, and it's coming at a really fun funny time because it's Christmas. So funny, we're all uh, yeah. kind of switching off, but at the same time, there's gonna be a lot of moving parts. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm not sure what they. I think the private league feature though is very powerful. They like I I can't see how like sorry I won't drop that like yeah. it's just not gonna be like they're gonna keep ma- making use of that and they, sh- they should absolutely maybe even a f- full season private leagues people have been doing that all like fpl whatever uh prediction leagues classic on paper back in the days whatever so yeah. they should definitely do that for seasons as well and um and yeah that's that's a way to get people engaged and but yeah again the they should they still have to find a way to like if they don't only get people playing in private leagues with a whatever common cards as one thing, but that transition to the to the limiteds, well, through the academy now they have the five five dollar threshold for limiteds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting as well. Like it's it's a it's it's a small change, but it's probably still cool for people. Like you can uh, get five five bucks every week just for those teams won't be too expensive. Yeah. So that's a good entry point there. I think. Um... I think we should have a look at that article now. It's a five-minute read, and I think the best way to talk about this is to go through all the different like headings. I'll read out roughly what it is, and then we'll talk about it. So I imagine most people listening to this or watching this on YouTube, hello, like, and subscribe. <laughs> um, they, You probably know what's happened and what's going on, but there are a lot of intricacies behind it, a lot of caveats, a lot of weird little rules and i don't know it's all speculation at the minute because i think until we really get to understand how hard these thresholds are to hit and i'm sure there'll be a lot of data coming out over the next day or two in terms of like people doing research and like the chances of actually hitting and how hard it would be and how many teams would have actually hit it blah 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 on the face of it i thought this announcement looked absolutely amazing now how it shakes out how amazing it actually is and there's obviously a lot of effects on the market and on, on the wider space that you know might be a negative but i think overall for me this it, it blew me away a wee bit to be honest with you i was like, i was a wee bit nervous but i was like holy shit this is class How you did positively you surprised yeah yeah, okay. yeah i was i was a wee bit nervous i don't know why i was just a wee bit like i feel like the whole downturn in the the crypto kind of world and you know the market and so rare some of the cards have been down in value recently and mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of felt a bit like, ugh. And then they put out this announcement kind of being like an announcement of an announcement, which I'm never a big fan of, kind of saying, we're going to announce something. And then all yeah. that does is gets everyone speculating. And, I know uh, as well, yeah. FUD, you know, everyone's kind of like, what's going on? What's going to happen? And I don't know. I was just a wee bit worried that it was going to be the removal of the threshold. Now, I thought they would Same. replace it with something. I thought they would get rid of it and bring something else in or change the thresholds, make them higher or whatever. But I didn't expect them... While they have made it harder, I didn't expect it to yeah. be thresholds across the board. I just think for a big gallery as well, for well, big yeah. galleries, this is amazing. For tiny galleries, this is also amazing because now there's a limited threshold. The only people this is maybe bad for is people who had set a threshold team and just leave it and 
suck money out of the platform. And if that's the people that it's going to annoy or the people that are going to have to be a bit more agile and change up, change it up, I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, I know there's people listening going, there's a million bad things, but I'm sure they'll come out and we'll talk about them over the next couple of weeks as they come out. But I'm positive. Will we read through it and see the different things? So, introducing e-thresholds for all scarcities. This is from the 30th of January, 23. You're going to get e-thresholds across limited, rare, super rare, and unique in a more intuitive and balanced gameplay experience. Um, and they're bringing in a cap mode, basically. They got a lot of great feedback about the cap modes in basketball. And I think it's just... People have really enjoyed that. I think even on this podcast and across the community, I've seen a lot of speculation and a lot of hope, I suppose, that they would adapt it to football. So they are going to be doing that. Um, but anyway, they say here, E-thresholds and facilitating progression... Following their gameplay update in March, they shared they would reevaluate the future of the SoRare Football points-based reward system, ETH thresholds, towards the end of this year. And that's what they're doing. The initial goal for introducing the ETH thresholds into the Rare Divisions was to build a clear path for progression for users looking to climb the game's divisions. Each week, managers who compete in the All-Star Rare Division knew if they hit a certain points target, they would receive an ETH reward. Since they re- launched that in October 2020, the product and community have evolved, and competitions like Specialist and Underdog have introduced new strategies, and limited cards have offered new additional entry points. Um, having a points-based threshold only in the Rare Division has resulted in an imbalanced gameplay across scarcities, which causes friction for new managers who have to understand and factor in the differences between the Limited Division and the complexity of the Rare Division. They're simplifying gameplay. So that's the first point just to talk about. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but they're essentially... The, that Rare All-Star Tournament and that just rare in general, it maybe was a bit of a barrier to progression because people might have come in at limited where prices might have been relatively fair. Some prices were silly, depending on the players, but if you did actually want to go to rare, it was a huge leap because the threshold was only at rare. The cards in rare were Mm. that bit more expensive and the bottleneck of a rare goalkeeper was incredibly hard. You know, for people to go and grind ETH, because they obviously took out the common goalkeepers, was it back in August? So, th- it really didn't help progression, I suppose, if you think about the threshold. It was great for all of us that already had rare cards. We, we had a great time, you know, twice a week, every week, you're probably making 25 or 50 quid. That could yeah. be 100 quid a week. You know, you could be making five 5,200 quid every single year just from that you'd have to hit everyone you know i mean obviously a lot of us wouldn't have cards to play every single week and you miss a lot but the point stands so i don't know do, do you like this do you think it makes sense uh at first i was also like they removed the 205 points threshold for mm. for rare which i was like kind of skeptical of but well that also probably makes it not not impossible but like there was a lot of people like after the august announcement of having a rare goalkeeper they just bought a uh, a dnp goalkeeper in rare and that was probably like that's now pretty much not impossible but gone yeah uh, so that probably hurt a lot of people but the the five dollars unlimited first of all i thought it's not really significant but in fact if we're looking at the the yearly um return you can get out of that the it's a it's a capped well we can talk about the cap thing later but mm. the teams don't have to be expensive and you can like you could potentially earn like $250 a year with that for very, very uh, low budget beginners. Mm. That's pretty cool, in fact. Your team might just be 50, 50 bucks or something. Well, it depends. And I think, well, it's not a, a huge income, but it's um, it's a way to like slowly but surely climb that ladder and get into rare. I think it's it's cool. 
what, what I think having it at every level does is it kind of adds this fundamental way to value cards across the board. And I think we've said for a long time, particularly True. whenever MLB and basketball came in, there was a lot of worry maybe around the fact that they didn't have thresholds or, or ETH rewards and that they were all truly collectibles. And then there was a worry that football was going to shift that way. I was anyway. I kind of thought football might shift more that way. And then you're just buying cards to win cards to win cards, which is just mm -hmm. stupid. Apart from the element of these, these um, I don't know, what do you what do you call it? Experiences, these, these impossible experiences you couldn't yeah, possibly yeah. get anywhere else. That's where you add the value. But for them to actually just cement thresholds across the board, that's just super exciting for me. Like that, That's a really positive move. It means that there is a yield. It's like a, a play to earn, play to earn. It's like I can feasibly, if you are a whale now, if you're an actual whale and you have uniques and all, now I know that's not a lot of us. I don't even have, have a couple of uniques, but I wouldn't be able to compete in this. At the minute, and we're going to get through the rest of this a bit more, but feasibly, twice a week, you have the chance at winning, like, what is that? My head, I'm so hungover today. $405. $405, yeah. So that's $810 a week up for grabs. That's, that's a salary. <laughs> Do you know what you I mean? can live off your gallery easily. Like, just with the thresholds, you can already live off that. Yeah. But I mean, and I suppose if you have the, and I know a lot of us won't have the uniques and there's a, that's the fundamental flaw here. And a lot of us, you know, people who are putting that much money and have those uniques probably, you know, having uniques to enter cap modes. And I don't know, it, it's not like uh, maybe 800 quid a week at best yeah. is going okay. like, to get those people out of But well, that's not going to change anything. Yeah. Yeah. But still it's nice. Um, <clears throat> also, I haven't even addressed the fact that I'm really hung over. I've said it two or three times. I need to tell people why. So okay. I quit my job, as you know. Um, I don't know if everyone listening knows. So I posted on different social media, but maybe you just listen to the podcasts. I left my job forever. Um, when? When was it my last day? I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday was my last day. Tuesday the 6th. I walked out the doors and that was me done forever. So now I'm a full-time content creator. Champagne. Woo! Woo! Joining the gang, Fiago. Yeah, congratulations, man. Obviously, you celebrated that. I did. So yesterday was my work party. So it was kind of one of the last times I'll see that gang. Uh, and we went out, went to a nice Mexican place in Cork. If anyone's from here, it's a place called Tequila Jacks. Um, and we had lots of alcohol. Uh, a whole tequila, paid yeah. for by the company. Yeah. So someone thought it'd be fun and order tequila. And then we had Ooh. another tequila. And we had cocktails all night and tacos and all sorts of stuff. It was good fun. But I was that in cool. a bad, bad way. Uh, this morning when I woke up, so I'm, I'm, my brain isn't firing all cylinders. I actually had to have a nap before we did this, so I'm a little bit like lethargic today and a little bit just like, oh god. That's but, cool, man. You deserve it. And then, and then they, <laughs> they they announce something like this, and it requires a bit of brain power. So don't judge my opinions today, gang. We'll, we'll properly dig into all this for the next couple of weeks. But yeah, fucking. <laughs> well, this is uh, the first ever podcast as a full time creator, so. Woo. It's different. Uh, it feels different, yeah. Make sure you bloody like the videos now, otherwise I won't be able to eat dinner. So like the videos and subscribe and all that. Otherwise, um I could be uh I could be on the dole very quickly. Um so introducing capped modes. This is the next part. So they received overwhelming overwhelmingly positive feedback around the specialist and underdog competitions and the similar cap mode uh, in the NBA experience. As a result, on January the 30th, they'll introduce the new cap mode that takes inspiration from the SoRare NBA's model. So it's capped mode 240. So the 240 points cap 
um, for Catmo 240 could slightly increase or decrease based on their initial data review following successive game weeks with the new model. That's just a little like uh, asterisk they've got in there. So basically they're saying, we're going to give this a crack and see how it works. If it isn't working, we can mm-hmm. change it. But you'll have a 240-point cap for the team budget, and that's based off the player's L15. So 240 points across five players is what 48 points 48 if i'm correct yeah yeah so it's 48 points a player so it's not even that they're going to be really crap players fiago like they'll be no some of those players be okay that's like a little less than underdog what i didn't really get maybe i just missed it but maybe you can give me an answer underdog and specialist are they going to still going to be around or are they going to be removed with this replaced by this they're going to be removed yeah okay then i got it okay well that that's what i've been asking myself because i didn't find the answer to that so they're going to be replaced fully by the cap mode and it's last 15 as well so it's pretty similar it's to the 15. underdog mode just yeah, that yeah. underdog was obviously just four players now you see that's the issue here now okay so yeah, now it's five. gone and you need the goalkeeper so that will <clears throat> hurt people who didn't have a goalkeeper i think all in all and we'll get to what we think the biggest winners and losers are maybe at the end but I think the biggest winners here are goalkeepers. Like I went and snap bought a super rare goalkeeper on this. Already, I had I oh. had a I had a bit of a budget. I sold a couple of players, and I looked at the market and I snap bought. So we'll get to who a bit later. You might actually have a bit more to tell me about them because they're they're playing the Bundesliga. But okay. um, the two hundred and forty point cap for the team budget that's based off players L fifteen score. There's no captain or card bonuses, so that makes it even harder because if you're not getting your twenty percent for your super rares and you're not getting your five percent XPs, uh-huh. and there's no captain, it looks like it's just raw score, which will yep. make it harder. Which will make it no much captain harder. either. Super, underdog obviously fifty percent captain. That was a big push. Now no, yeah. it's it's surely harder to hit that fifty I, points average. I'm wondering. Here's the thing, right? It says no card bonuses. Now, is that just the fact that it, depending on the card, bon- like the card bonuses uh, meaning um, if it's a super yeah, rare, yeah. it gets the 20, 20% of it. You know, is it just so, the so, scarcity specific or does XP count as well? Yeah. They're probably to, means no bonuses. To me, card bonuses seems like they would have probably said no scar- scarcity bonuses if they just meant that. Card yeah, bonuses right. for me seems like oh, none, like n- n- yeah. XP uh, is gonna be gone as well that's yeah. that's surely not not easy it's surely harder to hit but yeah. in return obviously across all scarcity so it's a win win and loss there's always down to the upside um absolutely the people with no goalkeeper they're the biggest probably the biggest losers of this change yeah if you've no goal underdog here, gone now as you gone. said um it's gonna be very hard to still hit that 250 with a dnp goalie even with no bonus yeah. like for follow but for, for people who don't don't have a don't have a playing goalkeeper. They're not. They're also not going to have the top tier rare cards or mm. whatever. So it's for those people. It's going to be very hard. If you have a goalie, you can you can be happy about this, I guess. If you have a few goalies, yeah, rare goalies are probably going to spike. Um, it's interesting to see the first game week is going to be then in February, right? With this, or oh, it's going to be yeah, start of February. It's going to or oh, end yeah. of January. I'm hyped for this. I'm very hyped. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this goes. The, the no mixing of scarcities in the limited round super rare cap modes, and then in the unique cap mode, you can have one super rare. Now, something just to maybe state the obvious and talk about this a bit, right? Just to get an idea of how hard it is probably going to be, it's going to be very much down to selections and fixtures and picking the right guys. Because when you think about it, 
you're essentially picking five players who, over the last 15 games, have averaged 240 points. Do you know what I mean? So you're essentially yeah. going to have to have your guys perform above average to hit 250. You know, that's why it's not the cap isn't 250 because yeah, then yeah. you're picking a 250 average team to hit 250 and win and then you're expected on average to win the fact mm-hmm. the lower this number goes the harder the game becomes so if they adjust that to 230 then you're going to have to have players outperforming much more so i think it's grand whenever you're in a whatever about limited i think at limited you know there can be a lot of liquidity there and a lot of movement around trying to pick players for the game weeks and you know picking guys who have really good fixtures but low averages for whatever reason similar to how we used to do it for specialist and underdog but what am i even trying to say here i suppose what i'm trying to say is that the game is against us on average you will be expected to shoot 240 points that's why your players have averaged 240 points between them over the last 15 games but you need 250 to win something so your players need to perform above average so unless you're actively picking guys and you're just plugging in the same team every week, which you won't be able to because you imagine their averages will adjust, my point is this. It's natural. You, you have to outperform your players' recent performances, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So Yeah, absolutely. It does. Fixtures and form and whatever else will all be very important. But anyway, that's kind of stating the obvious. Very quick one, just to read through the rest of these wee stipulations. Um, it's 250-point ETH threshold across all scarcities. For each threshold, you will earn ETH at a set dollar value. Uh, the limited threshold, you'll win a fiver's worth of ETH if your limited cap mode team achieves 250 uh, or more. Uh, it's the same, 250 or more for all of them. Rare is $50. These are all dollars. Super Rare is $100. Unique's $250. They've, they're removing the thresholds from the All-Star Rare competition and removing the 205-point threshold. Um, you can also win cards here. That was a common question in this cap mode. But yeah. what becomes really interesting is the knock-on effects this is going to have on the rest of the game. So All-Star Rare used to have way more entrance than anywhere else in the rare the rares because everyone wanted to just grind their 25 or $50 every week. Of course. But now a lot of those cards will be sucked into this cap mode. So we're going to suck loads of cards into this cap mode where people are playing against the game as opposed to playing against each other in many respects, which could open up better opportunities to win in all-star rare or in other maybe i don't know yeah but i just wonder how it affects the the rewards across the yeah i'm there's obviously going to be less way less and do you think there's going to be more entrance than in in champion or in challenger than in all-star could be i don't know depends on how they how they change the rewards in all-star with with less entrance be interesting to see it i think this cap mode um it's great. It's good fun. I'm looking forward to it. I imagine that that rare goalkeeper is such a bottleneck now. It, it always was. I don't mm-hmm. know. If, does this change it that much? No, because you needed no, one anyway. I don't think didn't so. You? Yeah. It just makes it less feasible now, I think, to have like a DMP. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I... But the DMP, would that, dra- that would drag your average down. So your cap, if you have a zero point keeper, you ah, could essentially have four oh, 60 point outfielders. That's in fact pretty... Yeah, I mean, a DMP should... Yeah. Obviously, counts as zero points. But in fact, that, that could be a that could be a strategy strategy to like finesse the the system. You'd have yeah. You'd have uh, yeah. You could have above sixty points, sixty two points for the remaining for the remaining four players. But I mean, if you have the budget to consistently get four players with a sixty average, then you should also have a budget for a for a goalkeeper. So I don't think that would yeah, be yeah. It doesn't really make many sense. people are going to do that. Yeah, but but and overall, I just wanted to mention that I I love the fact that they keep going with this um threshold bound to a dollar not not to eat 
I think, yeah. especially in the current situation of crypto and, and NFTs and, and stuff. And this shows that Soraya is going the right way for attracting mainstream audience and, and making the game like this just makes planning so much easier for us. Mm. I think that's very important. Yeah. Be, uh, Had they not done that in August, I think it would have been, it would have been probably in a way weaker position right now alongside other NFT projects. Mm. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm trying to think. There's something I seen there that I thought was interesting. 180, 250, blah, blah, blah. Moving thresholds from All Star. Yeah, the 200, the 205 point threshold going is a bit of a kicker. Like, and it's something like mm-hmm. I mean, I, f- I feel like again because the the overall sentiment and in my head it's an overall positive move. I think because of that, you know, we kind of just look at the negatives and go bleh. When really there's probably people out there going mad about the negatives. You know, 205 yeah. points was incredibly, incredibly easy to hit with five players. Now, I mean. It, do I mind losing it? No, I don't mind losing it personally because I more often than not aim for the two fifties. But that's because I'm a bigger gallery. But there might have been people who had a DMP rare goalkeeper and a few guys out who. Had... There are people who are going to lose here, but I think the amount of people that win outweighs the people that lose by so much that it had to be done, and it. I think, think they've so. done it well. I... <laughs> it's hard to see. We'll only really get to judge up probably in. <sighs> in like a month or two after it launched but yeah. the way that now you can get a clear progression in academy you can win your first limit is then play for the maybe play for the five dollar threshold first and then i i was actually I, I never really got why the threshold was only a thing in, in rare in the first place uh like it, it didn't like okay i, I get why sorry i did that but it didn't make any sense so now i think it makes much more sense um but of course the 205 points yeah those people with the dmp goalie that they're gonna to have to restructure their their gallery, their their, yeah. their plans. I think um, a couple of other things just to note, and there's one of these that I will talk about a bit more because it affects me. But they've got rid of the global unique competition. Whatever it doesn't affect most of us, but I'd be interested to hear how the wheels feel about that. Uh, so they've got rid of it just because there was a lack of competition uh, in that one. I think lack of competitions in that division. That they brought it in initially because there weren't a lot of places for people to enter uniques, but they're getting rid of it so that people can play this cap mode instead i think um but anyway yeah unique global unique gone and the specialist underdogs gone we've already mentioned that this one isn't something else that they've kind of thrown in there which i'm going to read this out and see if it explains the question i have in my head and if not i'll ask the question Following community feedback and a data review, we are removing rare eligibility from the Super Rare Division. We initially introduced rare eligibility for the Super Rare Division to facilitate progression. However, we believe recent additions to competition structure and our refocus to cap modes offer the kind of path to progression our community is seeking. Now, this is something that, because it affects me negatively, I'm probably incredibly biased and maybe I'm going to miss something glaringly obvious. But this one's a bit of a kick in the balls. Because I feel like the majority of their other changes, apart from maybe getting rid of the Global Unique competition, are all just around the threshold, and they're all just around All-Star, and are all just about implementing these new thresholds. But this is kind of something that they've thrown in there as well, that maybe they didn't have to, that maybe isn't quite relevant. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But now, Under-23 in particular becomes an absolute bottleneck horrible thing like under 23 super rare is a division i quite enjoyed i have a few under 23 goalkeepers two of them i think actually but they don't play um now we've gotten to this position right where you pitch remember the bottleneck initially with goalkeepers in global all-star people like wanted their goalkeeper 
uh, and rare goalkeepers cost a fortune. This was the lay of the land maybe 16, 18 months ago. And then, so the rare goalkeeper was the bottleneck. And now, when you think of it like that, what am I trying to say here? Needing a super rare goalkeeper is like a super bottleneck. It's like it's like the rare bottleneck divided by times by 10 because there's 10 times less. It's so hard to get a super rare goalkeeper that plays, right? Anyway, right? Then you make That's, them an yeah. under 23. How many actually like, consistently playing under 23 goalkeepers are there? And now you're basically saying to people... Like me, for example, who for a long time... this actually I actually lose out here in a big way, I think. You're saying to people like me who... And you're probably going, oh, boo-hoo, you with all your super rare under-23s. I have got like some of the best under-23s for outfield. I've got my Umar Sole, absolute baller of the Rafa Leos and the Jonathan Davids and whoever else is there, right? Dejan Kulisevsky and Max Kakar. I've got all these players I want to use. And I was always using like my rare goalkeepers in the under twenty three super rare division, mm-hmm. and now it's like, okay, now maybe you're going, okay, we'll just sell one or two of those other ones, and you can get one. But like, now I'm in a position where it's like I can't enter under twenty three super rare because I don't have a playing goalkeeper, and I don't want to go and dump five or eight eighth on Diogo Costa. And I know there's a few other ones in there, but like, just to like put it into perspective, I'll go into so rare data and have a quick look here. Like, how many are there? I, d- I don't uh, actually, actually know. competitive. I actually don't know. But I mean, if we look at like a Van der Vert. Van der Vert, like, yeah, I was also looking at him right now. 5 8th was his last super rare seal. In super rare, yeah. We look at. Yeah, these guys are going to, going to be spiking highly. How, who did who did you buy in super rare? Goalie? You said you bought a goalie. Okay, so I bought a goalkeeper. I knew I couldn't under afford like a playing under 23. But I said, do you know what? I still want to be able to actually enter all star super rare. Because uh, okay. I have a couple of uniques, and I was like, I want to be able to at least enter that. So I went and had a look at the market, and one of the ones that I thought looked the best value at the time, and you're probably going to tell me he's off the fucking guitar or something. Because I snap-bought it. Yeah, I snap-bought it in a heartbeat, because it looked cheap, and I didn't really think. Uh, Lucas Haradecki. Okay, Leverkusen. So Leverkusen, yeah. I've been conceding a lot this season, whatever else. But they've done all right in their last few Three clean sheets in the last four, blah, 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 blah. His averages aren't too bad. It's a super rare goalie. His rare mm-hmm. card was coming in at about 0.88, and his super rare was listed for 1.2. And 1. I just. 1.25 or so, you bought him, yeah? Yeah, I just bought him because I was like, I need a super rare goalkeeper. He's yeah. a champion goalkeeper. He's been around for a long time. Um, I think it says in Super Rare he's a contract till 26. I know they haven't been doing amazing, but I feel like he's a number one. He is just a number one. Is he Finland's number one as yeah, well? Yeah, he's. He is. Yeah, he played in the Euros as well. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, absolutely. I f- feel like, even if Leverkusen wanted to change goalkeeper or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't f- think they will. I don't yeah, think but, they will. I, so anyway, I bought him. It's a solid call. He's a. I mean, he's tw- uh, thirty-two, turning. Uh, no, he's thirty-three, I guess. But still, he's probably got like at least two more good years in him. Yeah. Um, and he's, he was like, I was just looking at it. He was like a 2.3 in summer, obviously July. But um, yeah, I don't think that you went horribly wrong with that one. They got Xabi Alonso as manager now. They've, they've been looking better, getting Florian Wirtz back as well. Uh, I think they're going to have a good second part of the season. So I you shouldn't so. worry about that. Should also keep a few more clean sheets. I think it's it's not a bad not a bad choice. Like I bet I bought I bought him pretty much immediately because it was like super rare goalkeepers in my head is where my gut told me that's where people are going to go here now. 
Oh, that's the bottleneck. That's Absolutely, what yeah. So I was like, I need to get one. And I couldn't be arsed. I didn't really know even how to go about trawling through to find who I wanted or needed. So I literally just went to manager sales, super rare goalkeepers. I think I might have sorted by champion. I kind of wanted to have a champion one because I felt like even if they go down, if I got like a super rare challenger goalkeeper who was like 34 then you're worried that if they retire they piss off to like the third division or somewhere yeah whereas i think if you go for Herdecki, um he could feasibly i mean this is me if he left leverkusen he's probably still good enough to do like a simon minule and head back to belgium or and i know he's not belgian but you know what i mean he could go yeah to like yeah, yeah or maybe second team. division champion yeah or something, or yeah. something. um the, the path so, there looks better for people like not good enough for the top tier then anymore yeah. but they still might be in challenger or something yeah so I um I picked him up. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's a good call. Him. I'm actually also thinking about going into super rare now, but goalie is gonna be a pain. Yeah, I I don't have any super rare cards, but yeah, but um, that that threshold like it's decent. It's pretty good, yeah. And and I don't feel like so it's a double the threshold of of rare. So do you think that that values threshold players? I don't even know if there is threshold players anymore. Yeah, sh should probably still be. That values threshold super rare players at double the price than rare players. Like, I think that's a good. Mm. It's probably a way to value value the scarcities, even though I don't think that rare rares are ten times more than limited. Do you think that's going to be a, a way to value the cards? I have no idea. It's a weird one. It actually is just a really weird one. I actually have no idea. Uh, yeah. Maybe on another day I could speculate on this, but not with my. It's, it's a hard, Yeah, it's a hard, hard to tell. <laughs> what I what I think though is like. I thought something. I had something I thought about. Super rares, thresholds. Oh, yes. It's obviously a very positive thing for shit super rares. Like tier 2 and tier 3 super rares now that people didn't want before. Surely they have an added element of value because True. you'd like to think there'll be people out there. You know, if we even look at the market now, I don't know how quick the market's reacted or not, but like there have to be some super rares there. Okay, a lot of these are like literally red X of deaths. Um, what I'm saying is there's probably a lot of super rares that were listed for 0 0.05, 0 0.04, 0 0.08 that actually do play and actually do put up 35, 40 points a week. And those guys before had very, very little utility. In fact, they had none because yeah. you didn't want to play them. They weren't good enough to play anywhere. Now, if you have a guy that's going to put up 40 points and you can get five of them that are going to put up 40 points, you're touching 200. And, you know you will get freak weeks where you're hitting that 100 quid prize. So, and if you can be quite tactical with it, maybe build a wee stack, maybe do whatever, do this. What I'm saying is, tier three super rares now actually have a purpose. Um, So picking up weird, shitty wee tier twos and threes. That's true. Looks kind a lot a lot nicer than it Bringing did. a lot of life into the super rare threshold market there. Or, yeah, tier yeah. three super rare. Um, because they the, these scarcities obviously didn't have a threshold market there. Also, these like the um, the unique I got. There's a unique you get for like thirty referrals, right? Oh yeah. Those were always tier three, I think. I think they were tier two. Oh, tier tier two. Yeah. Okay, I I, I just remember I got a Hertha Berlin or something unique there, and that no one really wanted it. It was hard to sell it. Yeah. Because it was also like it was, but now that's actually going to be pretty useful when when there's two hundred fifty dollars threshold even for these cards. Yeah, I think like. What I'm looking at now is I have three uniques and if I could pick up a fourth unique, right? So I have two midfielders and a defender. If I pick up a forward unique and then plug in some DMP super rare goalkeeper because you can play a yeah. super rare in the unique. You can, yeah. On a on a random week, I might touch the 250. 
or yeah. if I could actually one of my super rare or two or three of my super rare goalkeepers start playing, you know, I could, I could feasibly be even Hardeki if I plug him in with my three uniques and then find another one. There's a chance. Do you know what I mean there's a chance? Absolutely. That I could be like, that's 250 quid. 250 that's quid. Pretty, that's pretty sick. 250 quid is a proper like night out. Like, yeah. Like, I'll buy dinner. No problem. Who wants some drinks? I mean, going all out. 250 quid. 250 quid would buy you new AirPods. 250 yeah. quid would buy you like, it would stick fuel in my car for like a month or more. Yeah. Even in these crazy times. Yeah. yeah that, that makes being happy about getting a threshold a whole different experience. It's five yeah. times more than the biggest threshold you could get before. So absolutely. I might, I don't know how, how, how expensive it will be to get a unique threshold team, kind of. Because, I mean, you can't have really have a fixed threshold team anymore um, because, because of the score cap. But I'm actually considering plugging a big chunk of money there because those $250 look, look very sweet. They ramp up, and I tell you what, you see, like again, as you say, it was hard to shift your unique that time. Uniques that were tier three and tier two and whatever else didn't used to have a hell of a lot of utility. But if we go and look at the market now, and I imagine this has changed a fair bit today, to be honest with you. I imagine there's been a reaction. Yeah, I imagine there has been. There's guys there, I don't know who these guys are. Maybe they're crap, maybe there's a reason. But Bruno Pacheco there, some guy plays for, I don't know, South America, Checker. Brazilian team. I don't know, he's yeah. picking up 51 L5, right? You know, you pick him up for eight, yep. eight or 900 quid. Now, that's sounds... Is he on the market right now? Yeah, but I have no idea who... Bruno Pacheco, I don't have... I have no idea. I'm not. This isn't a people should buy anything. Yeah. But it's even... Random, like, yeah. You look up, like, there's Marcano, okay, he's 35, whatever. Kazaya Vindorp, right? This guy, whatever. Looks like he plays every single week Um, for... Is that Emin? Emin? He's coming in about you Dutchly, pick him up yeah. for nine hundred quid. Let's say you get it for eight hundred quid if you ping a wee offer in. If you're able to pick five players up, maybe the goalkeeper's an issue, but if you're able to pick five players up for five grand, right? Okay, let's say a grand a player. Yeah. Maybe that's unreasonable. I don't know. But I'm just throwing it out there. Possibly. If you could pick up five players for five grand, maybe you go a bit cheap, one of them's a super rare. Whatever. Card bonuses don't actually count either, so you wouldn't be disadvantaged, I don't believe. Yeah. Because you know the card bonus doesn't matter, so it's like having another unique. You know, one super rare for unique, so let's give you a five grand budget. Five grand's a lot of money to a lot of people, don't get me wrong here. But for me, for example, right, I could sell Ajude Bellingham and probably be touching five grand or whatever he's worth, three grand, four grand. You could build... Rare? Yeah, his his rare has to be. Yeah, like it's rare, rough. that's yeah. it. It must be like three and a half, four eighth or something. My point is, it makes a big decision for a lot of so rare managers who are really, really deep in rares and super rares. You could probably put together the bones of some sort of thresholdly unique team for 5-8. That's me pulling out of my arse now. Maybe I'm way wrong. Let me know in the comments if I'm way off. But if that's going to yield you 250 quid 10 times a season, and that, that, that'd be a pretty poor return, you'd imagine, 10 times and whenever you're going to have... Absolutely. That's not much. Course, that's not much throughout the whole year. Over the course but of the year. But it would already be sent back, yeah exactly so when you look at it like that you kind of go hmm but the thing is you kind of need to know what you're at you need to know who these players are because if you're spending less money they're probably this price for a reason there's probably a lot of risk involved obviously if you have 10 grand it's different you can probably get a much better team for 10 grand but my point is long-winded unique threshold teams at a certain budget might be a play you know Mm -hmm, yeah. play. and they've also Absolutely. said that these cap modes will have card rewards too they said that exactly you have to have those too you're gonna have you're gonna have a uh a fluke week or two where you get like 
where you get like all of you your average players to perform like crazy and maybe get a, get a decent unique as well so yeah that's a that's the thing to think about now that didn't exist before do you know who i've just seen there jose font right at lille so he's on Sorry? the market jose who? font fonte font uh the, the portuguese Fanta, the guy yeah. who's like 39 or something yeah he's, he like old, he's old oh god he's, old? yeah he's 38 Okay. I was, so I was looking at him. I actually thought he was like thirty-five, but he's like way older. He's like Ronaldo, older than Ronaldo. But um, I was just going to say, like, I mean, he's the type of player when you look at that being Portuguese. That you know, he's still starting for Lille. He's still putting up decent scores. Yep. His unique's a point nine, and what's not to say he retires to the Portuguese league for a couple of seasons. Now I don't know his situation. Maybe he's already said he's retired at the end of the season. My point is, there's definitely going to be guys in there that like can score well that are super cheap. They'll have risk associated, but. Anyway, unique thresholds, that's something I'm sure we'll be talking about over the next next few weeks. The last thing on this blog, just to bring up, is that they've said that they're planning more real-life rewards and one-of-a-kind experiences in 2023. Forever, it's been something that they wanted to lean into. The Zidane thing, all these jerseys and signed stuff and giveaways and whatever else. It's just, it's just going to be very interesting to see what sort of experiences they can pull out of the bag in 23. Like, What will they be able to make happen? I think the sky's the limit there. The, with all the licenses that they got and that they keep keep bringing in, I think in in terms of in terms of football tickets, that, that they can make like anything happen. Yeah. NBA as well. I think the NBA is gonna be in in Europe as well someday. I don't know. Um, like away games or stuff. There's a there's a lot of experience that they can make happen, and I I've, I've been saying this for ages. I think I said this on the first time we we recorded as well. Like they should bring in these experiences, and now I'm happy they do. Because for football fans, like for the for the people who are just in here for like the crypto people, just in here to get a yield, it's not going to be interesting. But for the real football fans, that's very very attractive. Mm. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. key yeah. to bring in more mainstream people. I think you... everything they've been doing lately is like going towards bringing in rather f- r- football fans rather than just crypto fans, and that's pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, bringing in like because I mean. Yeah, giving away experiences and shirts and stuff. There's people who don't give a shit about that, but there's some people who would be over the moon with a signed Ghana shirt or like a signed yeah. Japan shirt. People would be buzzing. Um, so I think like that's the sort of stuff that really excites me. Access to players, meeting players, um, the Zidane stuff. That's all crazy. But then there's probably there are probably legitimately people who play the game that if they win the Zidane thing, they'll be like, I don't really want to go. Can you pay me money instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the people who like yeah. don't really have a football. Just the yield, but that's, I don't know yeah. if that's really the the main target group for the future. I could yeah. imagine a couple of whales not giving a shit. Most of them probably, <laughs> but um, mm. but I think it's a great thing. And, and and they have these all these resources in terms of rewards they can give out and all these connections. It would be just a waste to not use them for rewards as well. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of those special jersey challenges or something, but I can imagine that the the thing that they're talking about here, like the rewards are. That's way more interesting even than that. Absolutely. Well, look, we have another article here quickly. We're not going to read through it all, but it, I just have it brought up. Um, the new So Rare Marketplace feature, it's the price history. So now So Rare themselves do try and display the price history of cards. Now, it's definitely very useful. Um, it's definitely, let me see, latest last Super Rare seals. So looking here. Uh, I've just got Herodeki up. It says here August 12th, he sold for 1.36. Obviously, limited cards will have way more of these. Um, it shows you the card I bought, and it shows you another card. And you can actually click into the card, look who bought it, look at whatever. Um, 
so yeah you can now see the card history on the site but i'll put it to you this way i'm gonna plug so rare data now who bring this podcast to us because i still think so rare data do it way better it's nice that so rare have it in a way but i will still be using so rare data and i still have been using so rare data because i think the difference is on so rare if i click into more so super rare i can see the previous super rare auctions but realistically if the last sale which it has been here was on august the 13th and even with rare sometimes it can have been days or weeks since sales it's very hard to understand where the market is if there hasn't been a sale in four months in two months in two weeks so that's where comparative value comes in with the limiteds versus rares versus super rares and stuff and i think just over on so rare data you can very quickly look up her decky today which i did and instead of me going oh well the last super rare sale was in bloody months ago you can very quickly go okay well a rare card sold today and if i apply a rough bit of mass to that okay his super rare should probably be worth in this region or you could go and look at the limited and be like oh well the limited card has decreased in price over the last three months as has the rare therefore the super rare since it last sold should probably be down a bit ba 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 point is I still need so rare data. I use it every day. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description or use the code John Nellis. It's J-O-H-N-N-E-L-L-I-S. You'll get two weeks off their top plan and you can give all the features a crack. Fiago, have you used it? Absolutely. Have it since it launched, since the subscription's launched. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be like, it's it's a, ma- a must thing for me, must have thing for me. If you really need so rare, then um, yeah, just doing research there is, is what I'm going to do after the World Cup again, probably every single day, and um, absolutely love it. Yeah, it's an um, invaluable tool, and even if you go and sign up for free, it's um, yeah, you kind of have to if you play so rare in any way, half seriously, yeah. with a budget. Um, okay, Fiago, we'll have a few questions from people sent in, and we'll answer these, and then we'll we'll hit the hay. So All first right. up, I'll go for the most liked ones first. Um, some of these have a few likes behind them. Oh, so this one. Will you ever make any profit on any of your Casper Denors? Denores, Denores. Oh, that was probably the... I saw that on Twitter as well. Um, well, didn't really buy him to make profit. I, I I don't know if you if you saw that, but I bought like, I don't know, 30, 40 of him at one point. And I just keep giving them away every single week, twice, twice, twice a week. And, well, they're not really they're not really worth too much. Like, I don't know how, how much he's going for. It's like an insider in my community, you know? This guy, he plays for he plays in the Belgian league for OH Leuven. So uh, no, I don't think I'm ever going to make any profit because I keep giving them away. But uh, yeah, I want to meet that guy one day in real life. When he's did... like uh, he's an, he's underrated though. He's been in a good form before the World Cup. When did it's you like... buy them? Sorry. When did you buy them? Um, in like May or something. I don't know. But he's, he's actually been... been doing. He's actually won me a reward in underdog right after the right before the World Cup with tier one rare. So he's helped me there because he's got 100 in the last game before the World Cup. So yeah, I love this guy. Because the the reason I'm asking is he's scoring incredibly now and his value's definitely up. In the, it depends when you bought him, but like in the last month, three months, his value's on the rise. Like his L5 is a 62. His L15 is a 52. He's, he's scoring for fun. He just finished up on 100. So Right now, yeah. But before that, he was like bang average if you see the the, the yeah, yeah. yellow green, yellow. Uh, score streak that he had i don't know it's kind of a random player out of nowhere he just he just starts banging out good scores yeah but yeah it's it's just a kind of a fun insider joke hey i have like four of his rare six of his limiteds left but uh, yeah and you're you're in hamburg aren't you no no i'm in uh you know Düsseldorf. 
Cologne Dusseldorf. area. With... I think you've actually told me that before, but yeah. you support Hamburg. Yeah, I do support them. Are In you fact, from there? you no, I'm a, you know the team Borussia Mönchengladbach, where also yeah. Jan Sommer plays and stuff. In fact, that stadium is like five minutes away from where, where I oh, live wow. and where I... I was born in Mönchengladbach, but oh, cool. I don't know. Never supported them. Everyone that here supports them. I support Hamburg. Second division, but um, yeah. But they we also have some good scores now on Sorrell. Luckily, we came on the game when they yeah. launched the second divisions. Sebastian Schonlau <clears throat> scoring for well. Fromm. 76-L5. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because I was obviously... I was in Hamburg recently. I went. I to saw man, and you were you 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 was the wrong side of Hamburg though. The hey, the wrong hey, team. Nah, no, no, you're no. a St. Pauli fan now. You're talking. I, I'm a St. Pauli fan. Kind of. I tell you what, I'm one of these guys gonna get hate for being like I'm one of those guys who jumps around supporting teams. I don't really have a team. I need to find a team. Um, I'm like I'm actually that guy. You know that guy who doesn't really have a team. I, yeah, I yeah. You, t- you told me. I grew up a Man United fan, like, and then it got to the stage where I just I'm not a fan. <sighs> I just don't care if they win or lose. So, like, I'm not calling myself a fan, but I haven't found a team. I think if I move to a city, and I might be moving to Berlin. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So moving to Germany? I think I might be moving to Berlin in March. The wheels Oof. are in motion. There's a like lot of things. Permanently like, or? Uh, maybe for a six to 12 month period or something. Okay. We'll see. But re- my, okay. girlfriend, my girlfriend's brother lives there, and we've been over a lot. And we're going over oh, in cool. two weeks, uh, not two weeks, like 10 days. Um, but. We might be moving to Berlin, so maybe I'll become like a a Hertha or Union supporter. You should pick. You should pick on your own Berlin in that case. Yeah. Like, yeah, Hertha is a pain in the ass support. Uh, <laughs> nah, no, no one really likes them in Germany. So why? I what have they done wrong? Oh well, they got like a two hundred fifty million euros like four years ago or something with a wow. through a crypto investor, and it just they just burned all of it, and they just had they were just like that team with money, but who just constantly fighting relegation still now that they've they've wasted all of it and they're just in shambles um into in uh, in contrary union berlin just got re- uh, promoted to the bundesliga three years ago and they're playing in uh in europe now yeah they're that like te- the, the 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 opposite of that team no money but overperforming and, and crazy fans so if you go to berlin i would suggest you to get to a union berlin right game okay yeah well, um, I might become a fan because I think if I lived near a team, I could buy into it. I'd love to be part of that and I'd love to buy into supporting because whenever I'm ever watching like Ireland play, I can't even say I follow the national team too closely. But whenever we're getting towards like qualification or at major tournaments, obviously, I'm all about it. Yeah, I love absolutely. that feeling of genuinely caring because, you know, it, there's no feeling like it. There are many feelings, but that one that's very I wish I could watch all f- football like that every week is what I'm trying to say. But um, you have Cork City in your in your. T- you know, yeah, you live in Cork, don't you? I don't know. Maybe you're right. Do you know? Maybe you're right. Maybe I could have supported Cork, but this thing. You don't support them at all. It's such a. Do you know what it is with Irish league? Right. This is a wee bit of a tangent for you. So I grew up in the north of Ireland, and up there, oh. there's a lot of history, like a lot of like sectarian history and friction between basically the English as they so often yeah. do um we're, we're staying here when they weren't quite welcome for 900 years but we we'll lock it into that <laughs> but um so there's a lot of friction between maybe the the republican side and the unionist side of the country and a lot of that hatred and sectarianism bled into the football so yeah. at the irish league level um a lot of the teams are all about it's it's very political is the way i'll put it to you okay um so growing up my parents or whatever wouldn't have had me anything to do with that because it was all about integration and it was all about, you know, 
love everyone. Everyone's fucking grand, you know, with quality, blah, blah, blah. Like, we, you know, we don't hate anyone. Um, so I think the football scene was just something that I never bought into from a young age because it was so toxic. And then oh, when I, I moved it. to Cork, I think I just assume that every team in Ireland is the same. Like Irish football is just shit. So I just don't follow Irish football because I okay, think you I'm don't just, follow them. Okay, no, because I think I'm just conditioned that it's relatively <clears throat> yeah. toxic. Even though within it, there's definitely nice clubs with great communities and beautiful things. But I think it's just like a maybe a way I was brought up. So that's quite a deep reason as to maybe why I don't really follow Irish football at all. Um. So yeah. I think that's why a lot of people here maybe support teams abroad and you'll get a lot of Manchester United and Liverpool fans. Liverpool, and... yeah. saw that when I went to Dublin. There was all over. They even have a store there, Liverpool, and there's so many Liverpool yeah. fans, I feel. We went to a Bo- Bohemian game. Uh, it was yeah, cool. Yeah. Like 4,000 people in the stands was small, but it was it was still a cool atmosphere, I think. But yeah. obviously, yeah, can't be compared to the Premier League. Exactly. So I don't know. It's just very different. Am I? And it's one of those, I think, where there's this tabooness around like being a a fan who like like I, I genuinely do support and i really get behind players that are my so rare cards that are going to win me money or like i have exposure to um and i i really get into that but i suppose that's not necessarily the the most pure way to follow football and you're not really the yeah. true fan you know yeah, it's not the I, same thing as really supporting the team with your heart yeah exactly. I mean, you did say you support your so rare players when i asked you the other day who you support it's cool yeah. but yeah it's, it's still a different kind of support than yeah yeah exactly than, but I wish yeah. I had a club, is what I'm saying. I wish I had a club that I like. I don't too know. Too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We see. We might get there. But look, we have some more questions. We'll answer a few of these. Um, let me see. Anders reckons he's got a controversial one for us. What's the best part of a Christmas dinner? A Christmas dinner. Do you have Christmas Ooh, dinners did, did, in, in, in Germany? What's yeah. your Christmas dinner? What would you have? Uh, what we usually do in my family, I don't know if it's a thing in overall Germany, but uh, you know raclette? Raclette? It's a, it's a, it's a French-Swiss thing. You have these these little, little, what are these called? Little metal plates that you just, that you just uh, put into a heater and you just put like cheese, meat, beef, uh, all kind of vegetables on there and just... Heat them up. I don't know if that's a thing ever anywhere oh, I see else. It. It's like a it's like a grill. Yeah, like a grill, but um yeah, on top you also can you can grill beef and stuff. That that's what my family always do. But oh, yeah, also used to eat um uh rabbit, but now we have pet bunnies and I don't really like to eat rabbit anymore. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. What <laughs> about you? Uh so well what what's the it's the best part of a Christmas dinner? Stuffing. I like stuffing. Um, so do you know what stuffing is? Uh, with like turkey. So it's like breadcrumbs and like herbs and stuff. You yeah. Know, you would like have a stuffed turkey, but it would be stuffed with like breadcrumbs and herbs. Okay. And... But my mom makes like a pork stuffing kind of thing where it would be like the sausage meat with the herbs and breadcrumbs or whatever through it. It's incredible. But um, yeah, right. so that that would be my favorite bit. Like I could just eat a bowl of that. Hence why I need to start looking after myself a bit more. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's for January. So next question from So Rare Israel, Jonathan Gargi, my man. Oh, yeah. um, what does Fiago think about the So Rare marketing? With So Rare being more and more user-friendly with the Global Cup being a success, do you think they should focus more on marketing now not to kill the Global Cup hype and maintain some of the new users? We've already kind of oh, yeah. talked about this. Pretty much talked about that. Yeah. But... Um, anything to add or will we move on? Up no, I guess we've, we've covered that pretty well. But yeah, absolutely need to keep that momentum not make sure they don't lose these new users 
And I think they're, they're actually on a good way for that. Mm. We have questions from Marco Sullivan, my man. He speaks like me. Uh, are the changes announced today better for onboarding new users or worse? For completely new users, probably better. Just there's, 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 I, I, I say for completely new users, they're probably better. Make, making the game easier to understand, clearer clearer image. You have a $5 unlimited, 50 in rare and stuff. Just not probably not better for people who are already in the game, but with a kind of low budget and a DNP goalie. That's probably yeah. the losers, but the completely new people might be uh, easier to to get on boarded. Just might, but we will see about that. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I, I don't because I think initially there's the you know the kickoff is a great way for people to have a crack from the the get go because they can just get like two limiteds or a limited and play. Mm -hmm. So if we think about newcomers trying to play, so whatever, but free to play, great fun, whatever, whatever. Limiteds, two of them in kickoff, great. Yeah, we're having a wonderful time. It used to be then that you could go to underdog by picking up one or two more, well, two more, and then play a DMP in, in goals. Now you're going to have to get the full team because underdog doesn't exist. So that's yeah. that's a small bottleneck, getting a playing limited goalkeeper. But, I mean, I'm guessing you can pick one of them up for like 30 quid or something, can you? Let me see. Absolutely, I think so. Right now, it should be able to. 30, 50 quid, something like that. I don't really know, to be yeah. honest, but... Um, so is it better for onboarding new users or worse? I think it's 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 maybe harder for initial progression, but it's probably better overall. I think it's better. I think, I think if I had to pick, I'd say it's better. Yeah. Personally. I think it's also good that they gave out so many limiteds every match day for the Global Cup, 5,000 every match day. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, going to help. That's going to give, like, people are going to not know anything about Soraya, then just out of, out of nowhere they get a limited that might be worth a 10 or something. Oh. And they're like, yo, what are these limited? They get into these limiteds. Maybe they ha they already have one and they mm. win another in the academy or something and they're more likely probably to get into this full game of limiteds. I think that's also a good uh, good addition just to add on that yeah. regarding Global Cup. The, the amount of messages I'm getting these days from people being like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. What do I do with this yeah. card? And I'm like, sell yeah, it or you don't, man. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say to you? I was like, and I just generally tell them, well, this is what it last sold for. Either sell it or don't. It's like it's up especially to you. Especially with the, for me, it was especially with the collectibles. With the yeah, um, but those yeah. people have been telling me like, what what can I do with those? Well, essentially nothing. But yeah. <laughs> should I sell or keep? Have you are you collecting those? I'm not collecting them. No, I think if it was in Ireland, what team I would get them all. But like, no. Um, anyway, at this stage, I want to plug something very quickly. Uh, I have a new channel. It's uh, John Nella So Rare, where all the So Rare stuff, including this podcast, will be from next week onward. So if you ever want to catch this again on YouTube, the link's in the description, probably at the top of it, and it's for my new channel that is So Rare specific. Um, so go over and check that out. Uh, and if you're listening on podcasts, go and bloody subscribe. Help me out. That's where all the reward opens will be, all the giveaways of the limiteds. Everything's going to be over there. This channel that this podcast is on on YouTube is going to be changing. So there we go. Um, nice. Make sure you do it. Next question from Mark. Um, will these changes make it harder or less harder for managers to progress from limited to rare and rare to super rare? So does it help progression? It's essentially, I would say yes, because there is a threshold of limited, but then, well, those $5 are still not going to really make up for... Like, it, it will take long to buy a, a playing rare goalie with those five dollars per week. Like before that, there was a, there was still the option to play without a rare goalie underdog underdog rare. Mm -hmm. Now there is none. Is there any? I don't know if there's going to be any competition where you only need four rares. I don't think so. Don't so, think so maybe they'll put out. Yeah, realistically, probably probably it's harder. 
I think it's probably harder because when you think of it like, as you say, $5 will take a long time to, to buy a rare goalkeeper. Um, you will need the goalkeeper. And the biggest thing here for me is I think we've lost Specialist and Specialist used to reward rare cards. Did Underdog even do it as well? I can't remember. I've... It wasn't my focus. But like you could win rare cards in the limited divisions. Yep. Whereas this That's sounds absolutely... like... So it depends very much on the reward structure. If this capped mode has rare rewards for the limiteds, kind of to make up for the fact that Specialist and Underdog doesn't exist anymore, then maybe True. it's very similar and easier because maybe you could say it's even a wee bit easier because of the actual $5 that'll add up. But it all very much depends. I think it's a, it's very hard to say without seeing a reward pool, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope, I hope, really hope they add uh, the, the, the the option to win like higher, higher scarcities. Mm. Uh, so yeah, rares and limited capped, super rares maybe in rare capped, yeah. That would make it easier. So we'll have to wait for that, as you said. Um, would, let me see any other questions here. Did it, were there any questions? Did you see any of them that you wanted to answer? If you want to have a quick look, if not, um, to be completely honest with you, I, did, I haven't looked at all of them. Okay, let me see this guy. I, I don't know where this is going, but let's see. Actually, no, we'll not read that one. <laughs> what will happen to custom series cards and the nationals, the common ones after the global cup ends? I don't know if this is a genuine question because Steve doesn't know, or if this is like speculation around prices. I'm going to take it as the latter because I think that's a more interesting conversation. These people who are collecting now, give it two months. What's the like? If let's call a messy um, national series card fifteen twenty quid now, what is it in two months? It's impossible to know. But I've got no no idea. Wasn't there a messy card sold for one ETH at the very beginning? Was <laughs> yeah, it? But, but there's also these uh, tiers, right? Like there's bronze, uh, silver, gold, and uh, there's platinum stuff. Like yeah, that also. All sorts of them. Yeah. I have, I'm not getting into that, but I think there's probably the platinum one of Messi that was sold for one ETH, probably. I don't really know. It depends if Sora had any utility. Maybe they do like, yo, everyone who has a full collection of um, of all teams gets invited to, until this deadline, gets invited to this this experience, whatever, maybe. Or if you have a full Germany collection, you get invited to this Bundesliga game or something. And they, they go like, yeah, collect the full France team until then. And you get this. If they do this with the real life experiences, of course, would add life to the market. But if they don't do anything, I don't, I don't see these these cards being being in real real demand. I don't think they're in real demand at all now. I they're think pretty they're, cheap, right? Already. Yeah, but I think they're one of those where I'll put it to you this way: if I was to go and buy a Panini sticker or a Tops card for twenty quid, if I was to go and buy a card. Of tops of a player I liked for twenty quid, or pick up a messy national series, whatever. I would pick up a messy national series, and by that logic, I okay. should probably go and do it because, well, my, okay. So that that sounds a bit of a weird statement to put out here, right? But I'll, I'll mention why that came into my head. So I I generally do the whole card collecting thing very long term. Personally, I like to look at it as like I'm gonna. Re not necessarily retiring these, but like in 10 years, maybe there'll be another boom. The boom was last year, two yeah. years ago. It's gone down into the, it'll oh. be dead for another five or 10 years. And then yeah. in 10 or 15 years, something's going to happen and everyone's going to want Pokemon cards again. And everyone's going to be doing this and everyone's going to be doing that. And then maybe at that stage, I could sell a lot of the stuff I have. If so rare exists in 10 years, if so rare exists in 16 years, four World Cups from now, like what it'll be, 2038, the 2038 World Cup, so rare still kicking along is this fantasy football powerhouse collectible site the digital age what will that messy national series card be worth 
from its for his last World Cup. It's a Lionel Messi. It's the 17 of 2022. It's like mm. one of his gold cards. I don't know what that'll be worth, but it might be worth something. Hard to tell, yeah. It's going to be worth more than 20 quid, but I understand equally so rare could die in the meantime and it's worth zero. But yeah. for me, that you can get the best card of the best player. Not the best card because I know they're tiered, but like let's say you get a really good card of the best player for 20 quid. Would, would I rather have 20 quid now? And I suppose it depends on everyone's individual financial situation. Maybe some people would love the 20 quid now and they need it and it'll make a big difference and, you know, it'll buy their kids lunches for the week or something. But, like, where I'm at, I'd rather just forget about it and leave it there and hope that So Rare keeps going and that in 10, 15 years, some mad person wants to come and buy this off me for 400 quid. Do, do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. In fact, if you don't care about the 20 quid right now, then, yeah, you could just buy a Messi card as well. I didn't know I didn't know it was, like, it was only 20, 20 quid. Is that for the gold, you said? Uh, or do, no, do the no, tiers, in fact, so. matter with the price? I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked into the prices too much of those cards because I don't didn't really care. The, but um, I just saw that there was a Messi card sold for one ETH. I, I just thought that was mental. But So, so the but lowest... Yeah, the lowest price, sorry. Um, you can get a silver one for like twenty quid. Okay. Um, you can get bronze for a tenner. Oh yeah, the prices there are on Soradate as well, right? Of those. Yeah, the, there's prices uh, on Soradate of the sold ones. I'm just looking at tenner. the floor on the market now. Like, there's diamond ones here, or whatever. Now they're listed for a bit more. But like, anyway, my point is, they're they're pretty cheap. Um, what yeah, happens? The gold was sold the for like sixty fifty or something. Yeah. So yeah, good way to look at it. If you don't care about the 50 or whatever it is uh, right now, and you have trusted Sora long term, you could as well buy that Messi card because I wouldn't probably wouldn't wouldn't can't be asked to buy those lower tier players, but a Messi, Mbappe, those cards, maybe even Ronaldo last World Cup, maybe. Um, yeah, those. Why not? Why not? And I didn't know you were into physical cards as well, but obviously I just saw it in your background as well. Cool. Yeah. I also bought a couple of those boxes in the first, uh, start of 2021, I think it was, when yeah, they were in really big hype. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought those 2006 World Cup Paninis. Yeah, the Cup six World Cup ones, was it? Yeah, and yeah. I also got the Messi, Ronaldo and stuff. And I, I, I also did a video on that, freaked out. But I don't no idea how much they're worth right now. I'm going to yeah. keep them for 10 years more. Exactly. Yeah. Forget about them. Just forget about them. Um, but... Fiego, I think that's it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like yeah. just to close off the the messy thing there. I think like I would. You just might buy one right now. Term. I might buy one. Yeah, I think it's a case of just hold it and forget. I'm looking I at one right now as well. They, they might, might do go, the same thing now. Down in value, short term, whenever the World Cup ends, and no one gives a shit about the World Cup. But then I think if you back them longer term, 2026 World Cup rolls around, people will be looking at the class ones and the nostalgia of last year, of the last World Cup. But Fiago, it's been a pleasure. People can find you. Is it at Fiago Seven? Uh, on, Twitter, on Twitter, yes. On, and then it's yeah, on YouTube, pretty yeah. based on on Insta, TikTok, whatever. So yeah, they'll, they'll probably be sick of seeing your face popping up on all their all the different platforms. But um, look, keep Maybe. smashing it, my man. Uh, thanks for your time. You really too, man. Thanks it. for the invite. Yeah, it's uh, whenever you want. It's been good fun. So look, everyone, go and follow Fiago. Give him some love. Cheers, and we mate. will see you next week on the new channel. So subscribe to it below, otherwise you'll never see these these beautiful faces. Well, you'll probably see Fiago, but you won't see this beautiful face again. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>